any size. Catch your feet, just like guys. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Hocus Pocus Verola. <laughs> oh, man, you caught me off guard with that, bro. Hey, what's going on, folks? How's everyone doing tonight or today? Whenever you're listening to this, could be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, what's going on, y'all? How we doing? So, so, yeah, we've talked a lot about DC in the last uh, three episodes. Yeah, and, and even more so. Yeah, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna shift gears now completely. And you know, we did have requests to to do a Marvel themed series, uh, similar to the the one we just did with DC, covering not just the MCU but also the you know Fox and Sony properties. And so that's a lot to take in. So we're gonna start mm. by really focusing on one hero in particular with this episode, that being Spider Man. The King of Marvel. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, you know, as a kid, I was always a DC person, you know, with Batman being my favorite hero and then Superman, you know, probably number two. But Spider-Man was the one Marvel hero, aside from like the Hulk because of the TV show, but like I never read Hulk comics. But Spider-Man was really the only Marvel comic like as a kid that I read and was the only Marvel character that I like really loved. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> the funny thing with me and Spider-Man is, um, you know, I think when I think of Spider-Man, I think of, uh, of course, because like I also love toys still. Um, I think about the action figure, um, the Secret Wars he, figure. Yeah, there was like that. And then it, I think it was like Toy Biz. Was, I think, yeah, it was like Toy Biz. They had like their their like action figures and they had like the multi well they had a couple of iterations they had one that was just like you know straight arms and then they had the one with the like he you can twist his wrists and his arms and yep, stuff like that. Yeah, I know that. exactly so I, what you're talking about. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, stringing up with some fi- my my dad would be so mad at me. I'd take all the fishing line and like string up Spider-Man <laughs> oh, wow, from the trees and stuff hardcore. like that. That's hardcore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like do like little zip lines, but you know, it's uh I think about it when I'm like Maybe around the eight, eight or nine, you know, age, you know, right after, right after the Batman craze, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of that was he was kind of like my entry point into, you know, all things Marvel. But but as I you know think back, I'm like, I do remember watching like, uh, the seventies TV show, the um, Nicholas Hammond show. Yeah, man. I do remember watching that actually being a fan when I was a really? kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, I, and then, Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I Sorry. go back to the reruns of the like the sixties cartoon, you know, with the famous oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the iconic theme too. song. Yep. Uh, I'd watch those in the afternoon and I loved that. 
and still do yeah. actually. I mean, I get that the animation is you know whatever they reused a lot of like all the the web slinging scenes are basically the same scene over and over again. But yeah, and I loved you know everything about it. And then that transitioned into Spider Man and his amazing friends, which was like an event for me and my friends. Like that was our favorite show. Like as kids with Spider-Man on Saturday mornings with Spider-Man yeah. and his amazing friends. And there was actually a Spider-Man cartoon that came out. It would kind of on at the same time as Spider-Man and his amazing friends uh, that was just called Spider-Man. And it was short lived. But that also was a, a really great show that was sort of like a at the time a modern version of the 60s cartoon. So yeah. that was my like real introduction to Spider-Man. But yeah, the, the Nicholas Hammond TV show from the 70s. I actually didn't watch it as a TV show. I watched that for the first time when th- I guess they had taken episodes of that show and edited them edited them together into TV yeah. movies and they had them on the Saturday morning or uh, the Saturday afternoon movie which would come on after cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah I remember af- those. Yeah, yeah, after cartoons, after wrestling and after the kung fu theater which was mainly, you know, would show like Shaw Brothers kung fu movies, you'd get the Saturday afternoon movie and there was a Spider-Man movie on and I watched it and it, you know, it turned out it was one of those edits where they edited two episodes together and I remember mm-hmm. being a little thrown by it. Because I wasn't sure, like, the costume was a little weird looking and a like, wonky, he was yeah. shooting the ropes out of his yeah, web shooters. Yeah. But, yeah, for the, like, a, you know, as a kid, I mean, it was Spider-Man. So, like, it was awesome to me. Yeah. It might, so, when I was, um, it was funny. So, I had that show. Um, there was another show that I used to watch religiously, too. Now that I think about it with my father, not, you know, it's obviously not Spider-Man. It was The Incredible Hulk, but uh, we'll probably save that for another. Yeah, that's one of another, my another show. But shows. the other thing is my dad was, like, really into, you know, the martial arts stuff. And he had gotten tapes of Supaita-Man. Oh really? Uh, um, yeah. So wow. I remember seeing that too. Like my my dad watching, showing me that kind of stuff, and then like some obviously some early, you know what would what would be the um, uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I forgot what their name was in Japan, but anyways, yeah. So my I would see that, and I'd be like, oh, that's way cooler than um, than this other version of Spider Man. But yeah, I mean, I you know. I, when I think back, I've got all of these like sort of little snippets of, you know, Spider-Man from the TV show, Spider-Man, the cartoon series, which there was a night, I think it was like a, like an early nineties version that was kind of running at or around. Yeah, no, it was running around the time of the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the that's they, you're talking about. they've retroactively now call that Spider-Man, the animated series. But it was really just called Spider-Man at the time. That was I loved that cartoon. So did I. Yeah, that was really really good. Yeah, and, you know it was. Um, I used to watch that pretty religiously, and it's funny because if anyone's been to Universal Studios Islands of Adventure, uh, the Spider-Man ride is is modeled after that old school uh, after that uh, that series. Um, that that Spider-Man is is that Spider-Man uh, from the cartoon. Yeah, so. and they, um, you know, they like the X Men uh, animated show that was on right around that same time. They took a lot of comic book storylines, and you know, in some cases, they they you know altered them a little bit to fit in with their timeline. But they did a lot of a lot of stuff right from the comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the whole like Norman Osborn 
Perry Osborne, Peter Parker relationship was pretty, pretty accurate, if I remember correctly. And they did a really good, like a symbiote storyline yeah. with Venom and stuff that was really cool. Hobgoblin. Oh, yeah. Dr. Octopus. Yeah, they did. They, I mean, how long was that show on for? Was it like three years, maybe? It was probably longer than that, even. Yeah. Yeah. That it was, was a successful and, show. And then um, the MTV also produced a Spider-Man series, and it was like... I don't want to say 3D, but it was like the... Uh, it was like computer animation. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, hand-drawn Yeah, computer animation. animated one, yeah. which was pretty cool. Uh, I remember watching bits and pieces of that and thinking, oh, yeah, that's cool. But by that time, I was kind of like... I think it was either in like the late stages of high school, maybe even starting college. But Spider-Man kind of got quiet for a bit in terms of like film and cinema. Yeah. Uh, well, he wasn't in cinema. Not until... Was it 2002? 2002, I want to say. 2002, with, yeah. Yeah, with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which basically shook the earth to its core because it was one of the first modern-aged superhero films that Marvel uh, sort of put out to date. There, were, there was another one that, that came out before that, and that was Blade, but that wasn't under the sort of the typical Marvel Marvel banner. That was This was the first movie that gave you the... Uh, the Marvel comic book flip uh, logo at the beginning of the film that we that we still kind of get uh, to some. Well, I know we do get it to this day. You so. do. I mean, they've altered it over time and ever. But and I remember geeking yeah. out completely. Oh, that. me too. That alone got me. And I was really excited when they when they announced that that movie was coming out because I was a big Sam Raimi fan as a fan of the Evil Dead series, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And that movie was a very big deal. Uh, yeah. Again, it's another one of those things that because of the MCU and and everything now and all of the movies out like it's hard to put it into context you know unless you were there at the time but I mean at that time we were not overloaded with superhero movies and the fact that this is the first time that Spider-Man is actually going to be on the big screen I mean it was a huge deal and it was the first uh, you know there were the X-Men movie X-Men had come out already at that point but Mm -hmm. that wasn't like a gigantic deal you know like it wasn't gigantic like this I mean this was an event film Uh, yeah I mean X-Men dropped in 2000 I think so by by 2002 I think that's when we got X2 yes yeah. So, but I mean, again, this is, this is, I mean, everybody knows Spider-Man, right? So when I say, you know, the king of Marvel, you know, Sp- Spider-Man at this point, you know, had transcended, you know, his, uh, his local, you know, United States reach. I mean, I, I talk about Spider-Man, you know, he, he was, he's an icon, you know, he's a global figure. And one of the most I- iconic uh, characters that uh, that Steve Ditko and um, and Stanley created, and and obviously, you know, just want to send our condolences to the Ditko family because because he he recently passed away. But you know, when when Sam Raimi Spider Man came out, it was all the rage, and I I remember uh, catching. The early T, te- and I don't even know if it was released, but I I vaguely remember seeing it at some point. It was the and this this happened just before nine eleven when they were doing some of the promotional uh, promotional uh, sort of videos or whatever trailers for for the movie. But uh, there was a really cool scene, and if you Google it now, you'll be able to check it out. 
on YouTube, but there's a, uh, you know, there's some criminals and they're like in a helicopter and they're zipping through the New York City skyline and they're being pursued by spider, uh, well, they're being pursued by police. And then all of a sudden they get stuck in between the iconic World Trade Center, the Twin Towers in a gigantic spider web. And obviously we, we didn't get anything like that. And in fact, there were some, they, they kind of pumped the brakes on, on all their marketing and promotional footage guarding that because of obviously 9-11 but but uh, you know you know sam raimi spider-man came came at an interesting time uh in in you know obviously u.s history because i think the world needed superheroes i mean it was definitely an awesome movie and um it set a new bar i think well it did and just to give you a little bit of an idea of how big the movie was it's the first movie to ever gross a hundred million dollars in its opening weekend and it, you know, it finished with over four hundred million dollars domestic, and that was in two thousand two. Yeah. You know, so that's how big a deal that that movie was. And I mean, talk about the movie itself. I have this um, aside from Spider Man three, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I have this really weird sort of relationship with these Sam Raimi Spider Man movies because my opinions of those movies at the time, my in-the-moment opinions vary so much from my current opinions, more so than I think any other series of movies that I can think yeah. of. Because at the time, I mean, I loved Spider-Man. I thought that it felt like a comic book come to life. It felt like a Spider-Man movie. You know, of course, you know, J. Jonah Jameson was amazing. Uh, just that portrayal felt like he was ripped right out of, like, the comics. And, you know, I liked Tobey Maguire. I was never, like, a huge fan of Kirsten Dunst in the Mary Jane role. And, you know, what they did with the Mary Jane character was basically they sort of made her a hybrid of, like, Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy. Yeah. You know, because Gwen Stacy was always the girl next door. That was never Mary Jane. You know, Mary Jane was, like, the vain kind of supermodel. You know, right, that was right. it. And so the they most sort of popular girl in school. Yeah, they sort of combined a little bit of that together, which is fine. But I, I was never really in love with that casting decision. And I I feel like though and of course I didn't like even at the time I didn't like the Green Goblin costume. Um yeah, I thought yeah. that was silly. Although I love Willem Dafoe and his performance. I thought it was very comic booky. But the the costume I thought was overthinking too much. You know, I yeah. used that term a lot in the the last episode we talked about on DC, but it's like they felt like, I guess they were so afraid of like making the Green Goblin look like the comics because they didn't think it would be believable. Sometimes we forget that we're making a comic book superhero movie and I don't know how believable we necessarily need our villains to look or to, you know, they could have come up yeah. with some reason. It was like hyper stylized. You know, of course, I'm I'm a lover of all of the behind the scenes stuff of, of all movies. And there's also some interesting, you know, uh, makeup effects that they were experimenting with. I don't I don't Chris, I don't know if you've seen this, but they were going with a sort of like lifelike goblin looking mask. I've seen that. Yeah. Isn't that, it's I actually mean, pretty that cool. was creepy as yes. hell. And I. I uh, I kind of wish they had gone with that, but but ultimately, you know, they went with that sort of like lime green exoskeleton style suit. But and they gave um, it like a military spin to it to give yeah, some reason for yeah. why it existed at all. Right, right. Like all of that stuff, all of his equipment, all yeah. of that. W- which I get. I think it's kind of funny because I remember 
specifically seeing that movie, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. You know, it was in college. And I I went to a friend's dorm room, and he was a big comic book. I mean, a big, big Spider-Man fan, and he was pissed off. And About the suit? Or about the movie in general? About the, about the movie, like a, a bunch of stuff. So the suit was one of those issues. And the one that he said to me that kind of stuck with me from that point on was the uh, organic web shooters. Yeah, a lot of people have issues with the organic web shooters. Yeah, I mean at the time, initially it didn't really bother me. But as I started to think about some of the drama that's created, if – Peter has to rely on those web shooters. It also they also stripped away Peter's, you know, sort of science genius, yes. you know, personality. Yeah, and that's one of the things I was just going to say. Like for me at the time, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but you're right. That is a part of the origin of the character and a part of the the Peter Parker character itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was good for what it was what it was worth. I really, really dug the the tension between, you know, William Defoe's Norman Osborn and James Franco's uh, Harry Osborn and all of that. I really, I really got got into that, um, and how he kind of looked at at Peter as like the son he wish he he should have had, um, and and I did, you know, I, I sort of liked that relationship between mm-hmm. the three of them and that interesting dynamic. You know, there are some other things that kind of. You know, when I think about the movie, I don't, you know, I don't want to sit here and critique it because it, it is, it's good for what it is as a, as a Spider-Man movie, especially our first real Spider-Man movie. But, but I know that there are certain scenes that are just not New York. So as a New Yorker, I'm like, what part of New York is that supposed to be? Like, why don't you just film in New York? I mean, and then there are parts that are New York. That always kind of, kind of bothered me a bit, but. Yeah, I never really I thought, thought about that. Uh, yeah. Like that whole fight scene, the original, like that fight scene between the Goblin and and Peter at the festival, I'm like, I've never seen a part of New York that looks like like that. It felt like it was supposed to be Times Square, but it totally wasn't because there isn't really any Gothic architecture there. I mean, now I'm being such a total nerd. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> but, yeah. and then, you know, the, the whole, you know, the way it ended, you know, c- kind of setting Harry off on this uh, mission to find, you know, thinking right. that Peter, the Spider-Man killed his father and, and all of that. There was it was some good stuff. I really dug that and the and the and the score. Oh man, the score from from Danny Elfman is probably one of his best, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for me, the my only issue now, it, well, not my only issue. It's a it's a major issue. Is what what I've experienced with these Spider Man movies, the Raimi ones in particular, is that I don't feel like the movies for whatever reason have aged very well with me and the more i like i'll get excited to put them on now and then like i just can't finish them like i I just feel like it doesn't resonate i don't haven't really been able to put my finger on why exactly it you know it's i don't dislike toby Maguire, but you know the more i see it the more i'm like yeah i don't i think i liked him more in the role then than i do now Um, and i was never a big fan of the romance between him and and mary jane and the way it was portrayed and, and the, the chemistry between the two actors. Yeah, so I, I don't know that it aged. And some of the little things then that were like nitpicks at the time, like the Green Goblin suit and all that stuff, bothers me a little bit more now only because, uh, you know, I'm looking at the movies a little differently. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that's just really my main issue with it. I, w- I wonder if it's Raimi's 
overall style to you know within the genre because I, I, sh- I share that sentiment with you and there there are little things like the way certain scenes are framed and shot that kind of irk me a little bit like like there's one scene in particular it's it's totally arbitrary but it's the scene where Peter's underneath the glider and he jabs his face his hand into the circuitry of it and pulls it apart. Like the way that that scene, I, I don't know why this is so, and I could be totally crazy. So th- for those of you listeners out there being like, dude, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Sorry. But like the way that that scene is shot, it, it, it just, it bothers me. Like that whole, like that whole confrontation scene in general really, really ticks me off. Now the one that I really enjoy though, is the finale scene, which I, but I think it's a little, I don't know. It's kind of over. It's a little overdone, but I do. I still do like to see that final confrontation where, you know, the goblin, they're on the bridge. He gets him. He throws him through that like empty house, and then proceeds to just beat the living crap out of him, and then throws like the grenade and the mask gets like burned and it's like half off his face and stuff like that. Like I love the way that that stuff is, is shot and it looks really cool. And I still think it holds weight, but yeah, you know, I'll say one thing: CGI has come, uh, oh yeah, uh, light years. <laughs> yes, it has. You get this like rubber-looking Spider-Man when he gets on that bridge; and, like his, his his head basically touches the back of his yeah, heels. And even at the time, though, even by the standards of that time, I thought the CGI was weak. You know, that was one of my like immediate things i didn't like in the moment even though i loved the movie in the moment like i still was like oh that cgi man that cgi was a little rough even by then um yeah. and i think maybe that's just kind of Raimi. you know Raimi was not a big you know he was not someone that had used a lot of cgi right, right. Um, you know he he had gotten a lot out of very little you know with the evil dead movies you know he was able to make movies on a very small budget that looked fantastic using a lot of practical effects and things like that. So, and stop motion. And I guess making the transition now to to big budget and CGI, it just, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting story for, for Raimi who, you know, is, is basically a, a horror icon, you know, sort of make that transition into the comic book. Yeah. I mean, Um, he did dark man, which I, I like, Oh man, the whole first one anyway. episode on Dark Man, dude. Yeah, whole episode on Dark Man. Love that freaking movie. Yes, and just the whole story of how that oh, came to be. God. But we're gonna—I don't want to get off on a Dark Man tangent. <laughs> and I even—I uh, even have the the two Dark Man sequels are actually guilty pleasures of mine. Um, but we could talk about that later. Oh, that third one is so bad. Yeah, it is. But so from there we get to Spider Man Two, which for the longest time was one of my absolute favorite superhero movies and is still a movie that despite the fact that I, again, I like the first one. I don't feel like it's aged that well with me anyway. Uh, it still has its really, really good strong points. The, the biggest one being Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus, who's Alfred Molina is a fantastic actor and uh, he's great in that role. And that relationship between him and Peter is the best thing by far in that movie. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and Spider-Man 2 still holds up better. Although, again, the fact that I, I just was never into the, the Kirsten Dunst, Tobey Maguire chemistry and that whole relationship, you know, 
Yeah, that whole movie is hinged on that. Yes, and that's what I think has caused it to not age that well with me over time. Yeah, I, you know, and and at this point, it kind of gets old with the damsel in distress right. thing all the time. I mean, it's it's almost um, it's it feels kind of like a cookie cutter approach although i know it's not it's like okay first we're gonna go after aunt may and aunt may will have her little like you know peter needs to save her while maintaining his identity and then of course they're gonna go grab you know mary jane um i you know it's funny because spider-man 2 i like i'd say probably equal to the first um i thought it was i thought it was maybe a little better but it gets such praise in the fanboy circles like like people throw rice and flowers at this movie's feet, and I never understood that because I was like, yeah, it's it's good, but it's not like Empire Strikes Back good. It's definitely not that, you know what I mean? But people will will kind of like throw it up. It's not Dark Knight good, but people put it up on a, on a pretty high pedestal. I mean, I thought, you know, to your point, I thought um, Alfred Molina did a great job as uh, Doctor Octopus, and and really brought some interesting dimension and character to that role. And then, yeah, I mean, if you think about what Doctor Octopus is, I mean, that role could have been like really weird and wacky, but they they, right. they actually did a good job of as much as you can grounding that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, he's he's using it to control. I forgot what to help some major energy source. Yes. Uh, so you know, it makes sense that that happens, and then and then we kind of get the uh, we get a nice little classic uh, uh, Raimi horror montage where he you know the the tentacles are wiling out, and I did think it was really interesting and cool that they the tentacles themselves had personalities, or at least one. Uh, yes, of them I love that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, and it played uh, into the whole like there was almost like a schizophrenic element to totally. what they did with. Otto Octavius in that movie and that tied into it too yeah yeah it was really interesting you know like the the split you know the multiple personalities yeah. thing because one, you know one of the things looks like it's whispering in his ear yes yeah it was it was really cool um I did I did really dig that the you know I, I think I think the thing that started to bother me about uh, when we get to Spider-Man 2 is the 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 killing of characters so we lose you know Norman Osborn in the first movie he dies and then they like just do away with with Dr Octopus in water yeah i like i didn't i never understood i never understood that i'm like why you know he he kind of redeems himself but you know like is he going to redeem himself and then he ultimately just drowns and fades out and it's like what the yeah. hell just happened here i mean it was a different time too so at that time you know they were almost using like the what we would call like in tv they call it the villain of the week model yeah. you know they yeah. were using that very much for the movies you know it was like well this is our villain for this movie like the idea that you know they weren't thinking down the road like hey you know what maybe we'll make a sinister six movie or maybe we'll have this <laughs> shared universe where we're going to bring these characters back like that wasn't the mentality at that point yeah. it was like you know we're making these standalone movies you know and even though this is a sequel you know it's a sequel for peter parker and for mary jane and for harry and all of that but the villain is very much just going to be the villain of the week and this is our villain for this movie and he's going to have a beginning middle and end to his story arc and that's going to be that and then we're going to move on to something else later on yeah yeah no i mean i get that it's just a shame it's just a shame you know i thought 
you know, I thought it, I thought it, uh, I thought it was okay. And I thought for once we would, you know, to kind of move on. Well, at that point he reveals that he is Spider-Man. Well, yeah. In that movie he reveals yes. t- to Mary Jane that he's Spider-Man and then she gets married. Or yeah. they get, no, 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 she's getting that's married. Not, yeah. She's getting married. She's getting married. Yes. Right. And then she leaves and shows up at his doorstep in her wedding dress. And then there's like this, uh, you know, sort of foreboding, uh, a cliffhanger of like what's going to happen now because he's off. He has to run off and be Spider-Man and she's left waiting for him. And then it, we kind of get into... Um, and they also well, touch... Sorry, not to but I just yeah, remember because no. now I'm thinking back to it. Um, they also touch on the Spider-Man No More yeah. storyline. The famous with the, you know, the, with, where he throws the... the costume uh, this, Yeah, him. which is a, an iconic moment from the comics. Yeah, and he even I think he says it too. I he think does. He, yeah, Spider Man no more. Yep. I um, my brother and I, man, we 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 still to this day laugh our asses off when he um he thinks he's back and he's like, he's like swinging swinging around and then he slips and falls. Yeah, and he hits the car and he like kind of get gets up and limps off, uh, like laugh hysterically. We think that thing is like the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, because they give you like a spin where it's like he almost like he loses his mojo. Yeah, and he yeah. can't like reclaim his powers yet. Yeah, and it's all psychosomatic. Yeah. Um, I, the interesting thing about Spider-Man Two, it's sort of side topic, but still related, is that that movie is the movie that kind of like put me front and center with a lot of emerging blog sites uh, related to entertainment and movies and superhero. You know, all that good stuff. There was uh, there were two there were two like sort of main sites back then I used to follow. It was a superhero hype dot com and any cool news. And I remember they were shooting scenes in New York and it was like a couple of blocks away from my job uh, in Times, you know, in the theater district. And I remember walking by and getting lunch and then, you know, it was like, oh, the street is closed off because they're filming Spider-Man. And I remember I stayed late and I went and I watched Tobey Maguire film a scene where he goes up to the ticket booth to get tickets that I think he missed the show or something like that. And he's supposed to meet Mary Jane uh, after. And it was it's just such a quick scene in the movie. It's like probably a minute. And they were there for like hours. And I just remember going, man, this must be a huge scene in the movie, <laughs> man. Yeah. You know, it's taking forever. And then I finally see it and it's like, uh, yeah, a minute long. And I'm like, God, God, man. Yeah, well, that's uh, the magic of movie making. Right? The magic of movie making, yeah. But but I remember I took a photo and I remember I submitted it to uh, SuperheroHype.com and say, hey, you know, Spider-Man's filming, blah, 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 like right here by my job. And they're like, oh, see if you can get more photos. And, of course, I didn't want to be like that noob sitting there like, oh, look, oh, Tom McGuire, can I get a picture of you? But anyways. Is that the uh, voice you would have used at the time? Yeah, like, oh my god, hey guys, hey, I got some photos for you. <laughs> nice. No. But then I remember there was like a pause in the Sam Raimi movies. There was three years as opposed to two years between so, the first two movies. So it felt like forever for me. Yeah. You know, we, we were getting excited because there were, I remember there were rumors about, oh, you know, Venom and oh man you know I go back and I like go back to that cartoon and I go back to my comic book collecting days and I go back to 
you know, uh, all of all of the the big you know villain showdowns between the hero and the villain, and it's Spider-Man and Venom. And I'm like, finally. But I also remember there there was like, you know, I I remember hearing like, oh, they're gonna introduce this, you know, the Sandman, and I was like, oh, I remember that guy too, and blah blah blah, and um, and then we got Spider-Man three. Yes, we did. And you know what's interesting about Spider-Man three is so this is where I mean we've spoken a lot. Uh, we did a lot in the DC uh, episodes about studio interference, and Spider-Man three is very much the byproduct of studio interference. Yeah, and, you know where Raimi originally was. I think planning on having the Sandman pretty much be the main villain. And then the studio wanted, uh, and Avi Arad specifically wanted Venom to be it yeah. because he felt like it was time. And what's interesting about Spider-Man Three is that you know when we talked about continuity with villains and whatnot in the first couple of movies, well, you know Doctor Kurt Connors, oh yeah, is man. in the previous movies, and they developed sort of a relationship i mean you know they're not it's not a focal point of each movie but there's a relationship there right between peter and him so the the assumption was that oh well now they're eventually they're going to do the lizard like eventually you're going to see that relationship go sour and they're going to do the lizard storyline and they didn't instead they decided to do a movie where you had kind of a split where it was part sandman origin story and and him as the main villain and then part venom uh and him as the villain and a little bit of his origin story and what we get is just a giant mess of a film that did not work with me in the moment and certainly has not aged well with me either because um i there has never really been a point where i liked spider-man 3 yeah and you forgot one other villain which is uh, oh, the nin- right. Ninja Goblin. Yes, whatever Harry Osborn was supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Which Holy was, cow. Talk about cramming a lot into a movie. I, I mean, it felt like, you know, Raimi knew, okay, this 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 could potentially be my last film. I've got a couple of plot points I need to tie up. So the main conflict between um, Harry Osborn and Peter, right? Right. Uh, that needs to be resolved. Uh, I'm gonna. I wanted to do the Sandman. The studio is forcing Venom, and I need to create additional tension between Mary Jane and Peter. So I'm going to introduce him to, or I'm going to introduce them all to Gwen Stacy. That's uh, right. I completely by, forgot uh, that yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard is Gwen Stacy in them. Yeah. 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 And that's a lot. That's just yeah. Ugh. It was like stuffed yeah and i mean and you know who knows it's like a what, constipated movie who knows what there is to believe or not but you know apparently raimi was not in favor of venom being a villain he wanted to stick more to like the the classic villains and and it, it showed because he he had him in the movie but he clearly didn't have a love for that character and yeah. basically was doing what he could know and venom to cram Venom into a movie like that, I mean, Venom is a character that you could have basically made a movie trilogy just around that whole storyline, right? you know, and it would right. have been fine and it would have felt natural. But to try to cram that entire story of the symbiote and, and Venom and Eddie Brock and everything else into the, you know, into just one movie where you also have the Sandman and you also have whatever the Harry Osborn goblin thing was and you have in Gwen Stacy and all of this other stuff going on. It's like, man, how did anybody expect any of that to get the time? Yeah. 
And I was going to say an, an emo Peter Parker. Emo Peter, which ties into the symbiote. Oh, which is an interesting take on that. And and even though, even if Venom had gotten his fair share of screen time, the casting to me was just bad. Oh, yeah. Topher Grace? Yes. Didn't no, work wow. at all for me on any level. No. And he's like Gwen Stacy's boyfriend and... He's, I mean, he's just, it just, yeah, it's a mess. The movie is an absolute So not good. Yeah. And, you know, it was a, ironically enough, it was a financial success. It it did real big box office numbers. And, you know, there was talk of Raimi doing a Spider-Man 4 for the longest time. And it was in pre-production. It was. Or some sort of, it was in some sort of early stage development. Yeah. And I think the, the um, vulture was supposed to be the villain. Yeah. 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 And they had and, like John Malkovich, which, right. Which would have been probably and black really cat, cool. which and black was, cat. uh, and Hathaway. I think I, I just remember them talking about those, those two characters in particular. It may have yeah. been Anne Hathaway, but you know, either way we, even though Spider-Man three was a financial success, the studio decided, and I don't know if it's because of the fact that the movie wasn't well received or because of the fact that they just decided that they wanted to go in a different direction, but they took the interesting approach of deciding rather than make a Spider-Man 4 with the same cast, they were going to reboot the series, which is different because of the fact that it wasn't really that long ago that they yeah. started the series they went right into this and said you know don't worry about what you had just seen we're gonna just go on as if that never happened and we're gonna do the amazing spider-man yeah yeah and you know what i really like the amazing spider-man do you really? i do yeah i don't i don't mind it i um i appreciate it because there were certain things that that i thought were was missing from from Raimi's take now so we get the mechanical web shooters I was like you know me the continuity came right. here uh, mechanical web shooters awesome a very smart Peter Parker that's almost he's like hipster ish so I kind of get got that um but you know was kind of like an outsider and a little awkward, but for the most part, still very smart and, you know, could, could hold a decent conversation without whining and sounding like a, a squealing hamster. And what I really, really liked about it, and this might just be me, but I actually dug the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Emma Stone. Well, that, uh, that I Peter agree Parker, with. And I thought that was yes. awesome. Yeah, I, th- look, I didn't hate The Amazing Spider-Man. I, I mean, I liked The Amazing Spider-Man when I first saw it. You know, like the Raimi movies, though, the movie hasn't aged that well with me, but for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, and mainly because I think of what what came after it. Um, but, like, I liked Andrew Garfield. I, I The take on the character, on the Peter Parker side of the character, wasn't great for me. Like, he was a little neurotic. But I uh, I loved what they did with Spider-Man in that movie. Like, the, the wise-cracking Spider-Man. Yeah, was, which yeah, the yeah. first time we got to see that, and that was amazing. And yes, I did like the mechanical web shooters, although that's um, kind of a minor thing. It's not going to sway my opinion necessarily on a movie one way or another, but it was good to see that. Um, I liked the suit. I loved the chemistry between him and Emma Stone, and I liked the fact that you got, like, a real take on Gwen Stacy. Yeah. You know, and they, they kind of stayed true to that character yeah so there was i you know but again the whole thing of 
like, okay, we're going to redo the origin story. And, you know, because we just saw it, like, not that long ago, we have to put a different spin on it. And, like, that was like, really, man, I got to sit through this again? You know, like, there was a way to probably reboot that franchise with a different actor and a different, you know, cast and everything and go in a different direction and not have to retell the origin all over again. Like, they could have done that, like, in an opening credit like, uh, you know, yeah, they, they should have done images. it as a comic montage, right? Like they did kind of like what they wound up doing with like in the opening of the Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton, oh, right, you know, right. where they, they didn't yeah. read, you know, they just kind of gave you the glimpses of like how it started as the credits were going. Like they could have mm-hmm. done something like that, but I look, they were trying to build their own little universe. And that's ultimately where I think the amazing Spider-Man universe fails is the fact that there was a lot of world building going on because Sony was looking to make a Spideyverse, basically. Yeah, so, you know, at this point, it's 2012. The MCU is is up and running at this point. It had its largest success with the Avengers, uh, which came out, you know, they came out at around the same same time, I think. I, I think Sp- Spider-Man came out a little bit after the Avengers, because I do remember that the graphic designer, uh, one of the designers that was doing the sort of uh, New York City skyline had teased that maybe he would insert the Stark Tower, Stark Tower because he ha- was also working on the Avengers. So there was all those kind of questions about, you know, where does this fit in terms of will Sony and, and, and Marvel finally play nice and, and to no avail? It never happened. But, you know, I thought I thought it. Again, I thought it did okay. Then the second movie comes out. Yes. And it's a mess. Like everything that was decent or good about the first movie, they just decided to say, no, screw it. We're just going to do something completely different. No, not, we're not going to do it at all. It's going to yeah. be. And it's ironic own- because they, they kind of went the the route of Spider-Man 3. Uh, which was the movie that they were essentially like rebooting this thing off oh, of, you know, where they just crammed so much into it because by the time The Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out, which is one of the worst titles ever for a comic book movie, by the time that movie comes out, now Sony's deep into wanting to develop this yeah. Spider-Verse. So they're they're planning on making a Sinister Six movie. So the, the, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is basically the beginnings of this sinister six, you know, it's planting the seeds. It's like chock full of Easter eggs, Easter eggs. And you have the, the, again, another take on the green goblin. Although, you know, basically Harry Osborn is essentially the, you know, the goblin. So right right away. And you got a Electro, which is Jamie Foxx. People have differing opinions on that character (sighs) in that role, but uh, it doesn't really work. And we even got the Rhino, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the very the, beginning. The Rhino was in with uh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. And I got to be honest with you, I actually enjoy that scene. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of Spider-Man-like, and but unfortunately yeah. that's basically it. So, And then, you know, there's a lot of teases for world building and, and th- there's that whole backstory with, with Peter Parker's parents where he's trying to figure out where, oh, my what God, the mystery yeah. behind his parents. And like his, it's the, the key is his blood. Yeah, and it was just like, man, and it starts to get bogged down with a lot of that. And it's like, man, this is not, what is this? Like, 
Yeah. Where is this going? This isn't it, very Spider-Man like. It's kind of funny because it reminded me a little bit about Ang Lee's of Ang Lee's Hulk movie. It's like, yeah, you know, this whole thing was like, oh, you were always meant to be a hero because you were born a hero kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's in your blood. It's it, it was always part of you. Yada, da, da, da. Like the father was experimenting on his son. What the what what is going on here as a parent like what are you i'm gonna stick needles on my kid i'm gonna pump like you know spider venom in his blood and like he's just gonna be a a conduit for this craziness i'm gonna pump some radioactivity crap and like what yeah it doesn't work no man It, it 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 didn't at all i had every intention to it's funny because i've only seen that movie once and I had every intention of like force feeding it down my throat, saying, yeah. "Oh, it's Spider Man movie, gotta watch it!" Like multiple times. And ultimately, I was like, the only thing I really, really dig about it was the costume. Yeah, the costume's cool. Costume's cool as hell, man. Yep. It and is, that's about uh, it. Although they do tell Seth MacFarlane's sort of style. Um, Todd McFarlane. Oh, Todd McFarlane. Yeah. What we didn't, what we jumped past though, was in the um, the Amazing Spider Man. We actually finally do get, ironically enough, the lizard origin. Yeah. And that whole, although it was, you know, because it was a different Kirk Connors and we didn't get that relationship established, it was like, man, now you're doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to- totally different because yeah. it's like he worked with his dad. He's, I'm looking for answers. You know, my dad's missing. And it ties into that whole, again, that whole thing we're just talking about where it's like, you know, the whole backstory with the parents and what happened right. to his parents. Like, nobody, for all these years, nobody's ever cared about Peter Parker's parents, right? Because we, we know that they died, and we know that, you know, um, Uncle Ben and Aunt May took him in. Uh, and that, so the origin of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, you know, has always been, like, with great power comes great responsibility, and, you know, uh, Uncle Ben getting, you know, killed while he's waiting for Peter and all of that stuff. Like, so the whole stuff with the parents, it's like, man, what, why, what is the point of all of this? And, but what did they, what they did do, and what makes Amazing Spider-Man 2 so infuriating to me is the fact that they actually told one of the most iconic stories in comic book history Right. Especially in Spider-Man history, which is the death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. So yeah. they tell that they had the guts to actually do that, and they pulled it off for the most part the way it is in the comics. Yeah, it's it's done pretty well. I mean, and I again going back to the to the thing that really worked in the first movie, which is that relationship and chemistry between yes those two characters. It it also shines, and I think part of it is obviously because the two of them were dating. They may still be dating. I don't even know. But um, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Uh, so they, they, they do a great job with that. And, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, that was a big – and actually I remember watching it in the theater and I, I kind of like got choked up a little bit. People which, audibly gasped in the theater that I watched. It, yeah, it kind of caught me off yeah. guard. I mean I knew it was happening, but I didn't know it was going to happen like that. Well, I, you know, and it's funny, and I guess a lot of the people in my theater, and I don't know if they were gasping because just in the moment or if they were doing it because they didn't know that storyline or people didn't really believe it was going to happen. Because I remember saying to myself at the time, like, oh, my God, they really did it. Yeah. 
And yeah. it was powerful, like in that bubble of that, just that moment in that scene, it was really powerful stuff. I mean, it's unfortunate that it's wasted in that movie, yeah. uh, which has become just sort of like a footnote now. It didn't lead to anything else. And it's, it's like a odd, the amazing Spider-Man and the amazing Spider-Man two are like sort of these odd uh, Spider-Man movies that don't really have a place and, and we're building to something bigger that never happened. So it's like, it's hard to slot them now. Like it's hard yeah. to kind of watch them on their own because they don't really stand alone that much anymore. Yeah, and they don't really go anywhere. No, you know I feel I feel bad because I know Andrew Garfield was like really into the role. Um, showed up at Comic Cons and in, in his Spider Man yep. pajamas and all that stuff, and and then I remember at the end of the Amazing Spider Man, all of that stuff started spiraling about the Sinister Six movie and Spider-Pig and all this crazy stuff, a Gwen Stacy movie, an Aunt May movie, like... They were making a movie out of basically any character that they had the rights to any, exactly. that was part of the Superman, um, the Spider-Man property, basically. And I remember thinking to myself, I hope all of these fail. I don't want to see any of these. I, I just get Spider-Man right. Like, you've got all of these... You know, I've got 40, 50 plus years of amazing comic book lore to pull from. Yep. Why are you focusing on all of these other things that are happening? And then that massive Sony leak happens in between all of this stuff that's happening. And we start to hear whispers of Marvel and Sony striking a deal to include Spider-Man in the MCU. Yeah, and I mean, and, and I damn near lost my mind. At that point, it was, I mean, it was basically inevitable, right? Because the Amazing Spider-Man series was not successful. I mean, it wasn't yeah. a, a disaster, but it was not what Sony. It they movies made less than the Raimi movies, and you know, so the reboot did not work. The shared universe was clearly not going to become a thing, at least the way they had envisioned it. So they cut a deal with Marvel. And right around the time when Marvel was getting ready to make Civil War, which is a mo- which is a comic book storyline that Spider-Man plays a big role in. So yeah. the whole thought was, well, how are you going to do that without Spider-Man? Well, they didn't have to. And while Spider-Man doesn't play the same role in Captain right. America Civil War that he plays in the comic, the idea was, well, we're going to use that movie now to introduce him. And it was, I was so excited. Yeah. The idea of now, you know, this... MCU, the shared universe that was built off of B and C list characters, getting their A, well, one of, or maybe the A list character, had me, I mean, really, really excited and pumped up for that. And Marvel has basically nailed the character since they brought him on board. It's it's near perfect, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, He's younger, he's, you know, he's a teenager. You know, he all, all of the things that come with that, you know, trying to figure out what your role in life is. Now he's got this huge responsibility being Spider-Man. The the way that they had him interact with the other characters and, you know, he's a fan of them and super excited to be in the same, you know, area as all of these characters. And yet he's tasked with a, a, a particular job. I mean, they just they killed it. And then, you know. 
sure, why does Aunt May have to be some 70-something-year-old lady? Yeah, let's cast Marissa Tomei um, as a hot Aunt May. I, I dig it. I think it's cool. It's an interesting uh an interesting yeah, take. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I'm thought, a big Marissa Tomei fan. And, and, you know, let's start with Tom Holland, though, who, <sighs> I mean, he's, there's, there's perfect this casting was born right to be Spider-Man. Yeah, he's got every, he checks off every box. Uh, his Peter Parker is great. His Spider-Man is great. Hey, and, we talked, I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but we talked, did we talk, um, wait, did we talk about this, about people slipping in and out of their British accents? Uh, did we Who talk was I about- talking to this? Sorry, I, side yeah, note. I don't know. I feel like we did have this conversation, but I don't. I don't remember if it was that, whatever. Because I anyway. feel like I used Kevin Costner and Robin Hood as an example yeah, for when yeah, you yeah, do yeah, it. Okay, so okay, we must okay. have. It's yeah. been a while. So, uh, and here we are, episode ten. So yeah, but he does a gr- he does a great American accent. Yeah. No, he's Tom Holland is great in the role. Yeah, he's the kid is great. I remember when they cast him, I was like kind of flipping through and I saw I ended up catching his audition tape and I was like, this kid is I mean, he played uh what is that Broadway show? Billy Elliot. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, you know. So so kid the kid's got natural talent. He can dance, he can move, all that good stuff and and sort of gymnastish kind of dude. And he just knocks it out of the park and the way that they wrote him you know the quips, all of that. I, it was just amazing, and and he literally not only does he steal the show, he steals Captain America's shield, which yep. I thought was perfect. I remember seeing that trailer, and literally totally disengaged from any other TV spots or trailers of Civil War because I was like, I do not want to be spoiled any anymore um, about Spider Man, and I was pleasantly surprised. And and you know that to me is one of the reasons why I think Civil War is such an important movie to the MCU. Because because not only because of Spider-Man, but because of Black Panther. And I thought it was really interesting the way they set up, you know, the the battle. Yeah, that Black Panther character may lead to something eventually one of these days. Yeah, who, who knows? Yeah. But I never forget sitting in the theater uh, during Civil War. And as soon as Queens came up on the screen, like the whole place erupted. Like yeah. obviously everybody there knew it was like a Thursday night, you know, preview showing. So it was hardcore fans. And like everybody knew what that meant. And it was just, there was like an adrenaline rush that kicked in at that moment. And everything involving Peter Parker and Spider-Man in that movie, I just was in love with. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the, the, the banter between him and Steve Rogers, but about being, you know, from Queens and Brooklyn. I mean, that's just, that's so New York. Yeah. And they did. They did just. I mean, they just did a great job, honestly. And and um, and then the next time we see him, it's in his his first MCU solo movie, Spider Man Homecoming, which is by far my favorite Spider Man movie. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, and just to Hands set up. up a little bit of the relationship, it, it's interesting because it's it is an MCU film, but it is not. And Marvel Studios produced it, but Sony distributes it, right? So it's right. this interesting relationship that they have with this character. So it's really like a win-win for Sony. <laughs> they, they can't, you know, like they, they didn't have to do much except collect profits. But yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming, is, it's a really good movie. Obviously, all of the things that we loved about the character in the little bit that we got in Civil War is there in this movie, you know, and we didn't have to worry about origins or any of that stuff. Like it's just, they, you know, they start out, he's already Spider-Man. 
uh, which is the right way to go. We all know the backstory. We all right, know. Although, right. you know, they haven't even really got into it that much. Like, I guess they're just going with the whole, like, well, we know what happened. We don't yeah, wanna... there's a there's a subtle hint Yeah. Um, in Civil War where he says, if you know, if I don't do something, bad things happen. Right. Yeah. So we get, you know, Homecoming and they've established now that Tony Stark is sort of going to be like the father figure. Mentor. You know, for lack of a right, the mentor role. Uh and that works. You know, the I know a lot of people were like, Oh, they're you know, Iron Man, they're they're forcing this and you know, they have to use him for the marketing. But you know, he's really not in the movie that much. Um yeah. you know, considering he's featured on the you know, the poster and the the DVD box art and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, the funny thing is they, holy cow, man. So this is the smart thing that I've noticed about Marvel. Marvel's doing a lot of interesting baiting and switching in their trailers these days. And I know we, we did talk about this a little bit, but they made it seem like Iron Man was in that movie a hell of a lot more than he actually is. And it was almost concerning actually. Yeah. There was like that whole flyby scene where, Iron Man's in the suit and, and Spider Man swinging along with him. Never in the movie, right? Like, and there's a couple of scenes like that that just aren't in the yeah. movie. So they, you know, they set up that relationship, and of course, we get introduced to, you know, Peter Parker's circle, his friends, and his world, and his school, and all of that stuff. Love that stuff. Yeah, which is all great, and they're they're basically. You know, treating it as if, like, if you were a kid and you became a superhero and now you're hanging out with the Avengers, like, how would you and your friends react to that? And there's something very real about it um, and very, well, as real as it can be, obviously, and very cool about all of that. And, of course, you get Michael Keaton as the the Vulture. Finally get Vulture uh, after Raimi wanted to do it many years ago. And, you know, Keaton's great. I've always been a Keaton fan and he's perfect in this role. And, you know, the vulture is one of those villains that's like, you know, you could really mess up. Like it's not, you know, you can go cheesy yeah. with it. And the the take that they, they, they decided to go with, I thought was really good and it was believable and it was, it worked, you know, within this universe. Yeah. Uh, I would say the vulture is one of the best, uh, human, MCU villains to date because they gave him, you know, some, they, they put him, they gave him some, some really good dimension and they put, they really gave him some good motivation. Like the average Joe working hard, you know, he's part of this cleanup crew. He's breaking down all of the stuff that happens, you know, from the Avengers. And then he loses his job and he's not able to provide for his family. And so he turns to crime to do that and making weapons. And it was just really – it's a it's a really interesting take on the character and I thought it worked really well. Yep. I will say that that reveal, you want to talk about a gasp in, in, a, uh, in a movie theater audience? When Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes opens that door when Peter goes uh, for prom to pick up his date and they make that connection that his – you know his prom date or the girl that he likes that's his that's her father holy cow did that theater was like <gasps> yeah and the interaction between the two of them is amazing oh that, that whole car too. ride is just yep. so tense yeah um you know one of the one of the best scenes that stands out to me and i know I, i've talked about this a bit with uh with uh our buddy uh mario um at um revenge of the fans 
that come on Spider-Man scene where, you know, yep. Peter's been pinned down by all of the, um, by the rubble of the, you know, sort of cement blocks, whatever. And you, he starts to panic first and you realize, holy cow, he's just, he really is just a kid and he's put himself in this crazy situation. He's going to, he's freaking out and he's going to, he's going to die. And then realizes that he's got, you know, he, 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 Spider-Man is, he is Spider-Man, you know, he has to, he has to do what's necessary to kind of save his life. Man, that scene chokes me up every time. Man. Yeah, I know that got you. That's always gotten you. And it's a great Freak, scene and it's a great man moment. crying like ugly. Son of a yeah. Bitch. Yeah, so it it works. I mean, you mentioned that the Vulture's, you know, one of the best human villains. And in Marvel, one of their issues is that their villains have historically, in the MCU, have not been fantastic. And, I mean, I could, you know, really look at Loki, um, Thanos, the Vulture, Killmonger. Like, I mean, really, literally count on one hand the amount of villains that I think are truly great. You know, and that yeah. they make a big impact, you know, but and that's basically like it. So it's yeah, it has not been a very long list. And, and he certainly does stand out um, in that role, even if it is just for now. Anyway, looks like he's yeah. just going to be a Spider-Man villain, um, which is and you fine. know what? They didn't kill him. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and know, why would said, you? Because why would you not potentially want to have Michael Keaton back? Seriously. And then have him have him intersect with some of some of the other villains sure. um, in, in the Spider Man uh, Spider Man universe. But here's the interesting thing: Sony kind of got what they were always looking for, which was an ability to kind of create, you know, their Spider Verse. Now that you know Spider Man has been received with open arms and he's been super successful and he's been part of multiple MCU franchises, including his own solo film and the first one. Uh, his, his sequel, what is it called? Uh, Far from Home. From Home. I mean, he, you know, they're they're ready to get rolling again on this uh, this pipe dream of theirs with um, a whole bunch of other movies, and we've gotten our first taste of of what you know one of those, um, and that's Venom. Yeah. Um, but but before we get into any of that, I mean, the next time we we see our our friendly neighborhood Spider Man. It's in Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, which we've kind of already spoken about a little bit um, yeah. in the first back, way back in episode one, uh, when we were youngins, all the way back then. Um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, and yeah, I mean, look, and he, it, the character is great in that movie as well, and there's more of the interplay between him and Tony Stark. And yep. there was another one of those for me, anyway. Those, you know, um, come on, Spider-Man moments for me was the the scene when when he is basically about to turn to Ash. God, uh, choking up. Yeah, big. That was great stuff right there. Choking up, man. That's, yeah. I swear to God, Tom Holland, that kid. He's fantastic. Yeah, he can act. Yes, he, he can. can. Definitely act, man. He, that that I don't want to go. Yeah. Oh man, just thinking about that. Yeah. So, um, so we mentioned Venom. Uh, Venom is the first of their, you know, I guess their Spidey their, verse or whatever. Yeah, their movies. Spidey ver- the crack of their Spidey verse. They've got this new um, animated Spider-Man movie called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, which I'm actually pretty excited about. That looks really, really cool. Huge casting, you know, in terms of folks that are providing their voice and bringing life to some of those characters in cartoon form. And that movie drops in November? It's, yeah, or December. It's it's coming out late in the year. Yeah, coming soon. Um, and that's a focus on Miles Morales. It is. Uh, and, you know, Miles Morales is, 
one of those characters who, you know, there have been a lot of, Marvel especially, has a habit of redoing their major characters, like giving them new identities over yeah. time. There have been multiple Iron Men, multiple Captain Americas, multiple Thors, um, you know, over time. And But Miles Morales is the one that has actually worked. You know, Miles Morales not only was a critical success, but um, fans took to that character and he's now like a permanent part of the spider-man universe yeah and his and it was he's great that is a great character and you know there was a tease of miles morales in spider-man homecoming yes there was and you know who knows so i know they're doing the animated thing with miles morales but who knows if one day that character will be brought into the the live action you know universe and maybe he'll be part of the mcu or maybe sony decides to make miles morales spider-man live action movies and let you know marvel have the peter parker version who knows but yeah i, I definitely would I've... like to see something like that eventually it's it's interesting because i think while a lot of us think we have a good sense of what this deal was between uh sony and marvel i think i think things are that are coming to light and and or are in development are starting to add interesting wrinkles to what that could be right so you know a lot a lot of people are saying that spider-man is no longer able to appear in any of the sony produced right sony produced movies but I'm hearing that that may not entirely be true either that, you know, Tom Holland, that Peter Parker can show up, but Spider-Man cannot really something like that. Uh, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but so, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with this Venom movie. I mean, I'm not going to be the first online to see it. Um, at this <laughs> point, just waiting. Are, are you going to be online to see it at all? Is the question. <sighs> I, don't I guess know. that's going to depend, right? Yeah, and I'm you know that's that's the worst part. I I'm a big big uh, Tom Hardy yes, fan. Yes, so am I. Big big Tom Hardy fan, and um, I just was not vibing with that trailer um, at all. And the fact that it has nothing to do with Spider Man is just sad. I will go and see. And he may or may not even be a real villain anyway in the movie. Yeah, they're gonna do the whole antihero thing. Yeah. So who knows what that's gonna be? Yeah. So we'll see. Pro- well, I mean, I I I know that E um, Entertainment Weekly dropped uh, another photo of the character. It looks cool. Let's see if it actually. Oh, no, it is definitely. Cool. Yeah, that picture looked cool. Whatever you know, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, it looks like another another cut from the trailer where you know the the symbiote yeah. kind of comes over his face to make the venom mask. Suspect we'll probably hear about it this week. Uh, this week is Comic Con, so, so for those that yeah. yeah, so for those that are listening, um, you know, you'll get your first. Hopefully, you'll get you'll we'll be getting our first taste of things that are coming out in the coming weeks and months from a comic book movie perspective. And what else? The what? The silver and black. Yeah, I, I mean, there's still real. stuff that's in. You know, again, a lot of that stuff is like you know, we're not sure whether it's really going to happen. I guess whatever happens with Venom will dictate, right? Because if Venom tanks then I, I think Sony pretty much has to pack it up at that point, right? Because, you, you know, think. Venom, of the of the characters that are not Spider-Man, right? If they are going to make... Venom would be the one, right? You could try to do something with. Because, right. he's, you know, you could go in the anti-hero way like they are doing with him or whatever. Like, you're not going to do that with the Green Goblin. You're not going to do that with Dr. Octopus, right? Right. So... If they're going all in on Venom and Venom doesn't work and it's not successful, then really what do, what do they have? I mean, 
it's hard to say. I mean, at that point, I would think you pretty much have to turn everything over to Marvel and just say, hey, you know what? You guys have this. Unfortunately, yeah, one would think. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think it means that there's no chance now, and I guess you never say never, but there's probably no chance now of, of Marvel introducing Venom the right way, because I still would love to see a live-action trilogy or series of movies that lead to that whole Venom storyline the right way, but I don't know yeah. if this puts an end to the possibility of that happening. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't. I don't know. You know. I mean, one would think that. So you know, if if Tom Hardy is an acceptable Eddie Brock, right? Could could they just inter- introduce him like they did with Spider Man without much of a backstory because he would have already had his own solo movie and how he becomes Venom? I, yeah, I don't know. That, but that wouldn't be the what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Like I want to see you want like, a full blown. Yeah, like, you might as well. Let's see Spider Man in the black suit first, you know, and yeah. let's see him get rid of it, and then it falls on it. Like, like see that whole thing again. That would be kind of cool. I mean, it's not make or break. I love what they're doing with Spider Man anyway right now. So I'm just wondering if you know this Venom movie, and we don't know that it's not going to be successful. Maybe it will be. You know, who knows? But um, you know, if it isn't successful, though, does that put an end to the possibility of the character being brought into the MCU and and yeah. I guess telling sort of the origin story, which is the most interesting element, I think, of the character. I mean, what if what if at this stage, right? We we're, we're I mean, obviously, we're we're thinking, okay, it has absolutely nothing to do with the MCU. But what if it does? Yeah, I mean, we have no idea. That's the thing. I mean, we'll yeah, know I mean, what, eventually, what, what if, but we have no idea. Yeah, what if what if the the symbiote is part of the Chitari debris? It could very well be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean the way oh, that I we've been. I don't been, think it is the way the, that the trailer. Yeah, no, the way we've been so. led, or I've been led to believe anyway, is that, and and you know I could be off on this, but I've always sort of believed based on what I read that Marvel is able to use characters from Sony's universe. Because Sony wants the promotion. Like, they had the teaser at the end of Homecoming. Yeah. Which was not for a Marvel movie at all. That was supposed to be for one of the Sony movies. But that Sony isn't going to be able to use elements of the MCU. Which is why, like, Marvel Studios can... For Spider-Man Homecoming, it's put up as Marvel Studios. But with Venom, it's in association with Marvel. So there still is that separation there. So I would be surprised if there's any connections, but you never know. Who knows? I mean, it is a weird relationship right now. And I think Venom will play a big role in seeing just what the future of that relationship is going to be. Yeah, yeah. I I have no idea when that movie comes out. Uh, Comes out October 5th. Not so I mean, so off. so we'll, we're definitely going to get something. Yes, I think soon, like as in probably this week. So we'll see. Hopefully, it'll shake some boots, but it's got some steep competition with everything that DC is bringing. I mean, DC is. I, I wonder if D, well, let's not even talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different episode. <laughs> like, like, we're about to get into some some Comic Con. And I you know think what? you know what? Maybe for the you know. After Comic-Con's over and the dust has settled and we see yeah. what happened with it, we'll have to devote a whole episode um, to the you know the goings-on at Comic-Con because it's going to be unavoidable. And I, I have a feeling that there's a lot of exciting stuff that's going to be happening at that DC panel. 
and so we will talk about all of that stuff. But uh, Venom, yeah. I don't think being coming out in October. Yeah, I think it is going to be overshadowed by a lot of stuff as far as Comic-Con goes. But, you know, yeah. October is a month where you would seemingly not have a lot of competition. It's really going to come down to, I think, you know, the reviews and the early word of mouth. Uh, yeah, but they still, gotta they gotta turn that marketing machine on. Yeah, though. and I don't know what the ceiling is though for this Venom movie. Like, I don't even know, like in a best case scenario, what you can reasonably expect that movie to do, and or yeah. what Sony's expecting it to do. I hope that they're not expecting it to do, and I wouldn't think they're expecting it to do like true modern day like superhero numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never know. I mean, at least it'll be better than Spider Man Four, hopefully. Spider Man Four. Or Spider-Man 3. I was going to say, we don't. We never got Spider-Man 4, but... No, Spider-Man 3. Yeah, well, uh, it couldn't... Yeah. I mean, it, it's that Not version of Venom has to be better than... I mean, it's a Tom Hardy compared to Topher Grace. That alone, I mean... <laughs> I mean, geez. Yeah, yeah. I can't possibly be worse, right? No, seriously. Definitely yeah. not. But but in terms of Spider-Man, um, and I know we're, we're, you know, we're kind of exhausting yeah. ourselves here, but, but I like to ask questions at the end. What are you hoping for from Far From Home? Where do you think this is going to go? Because they're, they're doing, they're dropping all types of, of you know, casting some new folks coming in. We've got Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Yeah, which is Mysterio, man. That's going to be an interesting character to see uh, them handle. And I mean, after you know what they've done with a lot of these other characters, I have no doubt they can pull it off. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Far From Home. Again, I'm I'm in on this. Tom yeah, Holland, Spider-Man thing. So whatever it is, nothing. bring it on. Yeah, I mean, there's no promotional, no promotional uh, uh, photos. There's, there's no teaser. There's, I mean, there's not even a semblance of some sort of like, you know, synopsis. It's just like Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Jake Gyllenhaal. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, and they have a little, you know, movie. Um, and it's MCU. Yeah, they have a couple movies. They have Captain Marvel and that that little Avengers thing that's coming out next year. That that'll the what that they have. Yeah, I've heard it's going to be a big deal. But they have to focus on that obviously before they even start to care at all about promoting yeah. the next yeah. Spider Man movie. But I'm I'm pumped up for it. Oh, uh, uh, that's right, and we'll likely see Spider Man in the next. Spoiler alert, we might see Spider-Man yeah. in Avengers 4. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's a baby Peter Parker. It may be. could be. <laughs> yeah, Tony Tony Stark is actually his dad. Wow. That would that would <laughs> that would not that would not work. Um, Why would that not work? I don't know. That just no. I too, mean there's a whole bunch of time traveling stuff, man. Maybe he too goes, much world like, building. Aunt, too Aunt much. May. Hey. Yeah, I yeah. No, let's, let's not ruin you're, a good thing. Come on, we younger. got we got good stuff going on. Let's not uh, let's not uh, go there. We don't need to go places. <laughs> Who knows if Tony Stark's even going to be around to uh, potentially father a child after Avengers Four? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, all right, man. Well, so I think I think we've we've hit every um cinematic version of of spider-man we've talked about some tv shows some animated series i think we can put spider-man to ash and um 
and close this one out. So let's do our plugs and then we'll get the hell up out of here. Sure. So don't forget, we have a website at thefanboygarage.com. On that site, you can listen to the current episode, access our episode archive, and also check out our merchandise store with our four designs right now. You can get as a t-shirt, a tank top, or a pillow, or mug, or whatever you feel like, stickers, whatever. And also you can click our Amazon associate link on that page as well and shop, do all of your Amazon shopping and those purchases will not cost anything extra, but it will uh, kick back a small commission to us to help support the show. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at RealCLMighty. And you can find me at Starting Sith. And uh, folks, if you like what you're hearing, you're really digging what we've got going on here, even if you don't, uh, please take some time, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment, uh, please engage with us on Twitter. I know we've had some some fairly lively conversations and some surprising some surprising reactions to other tweets. And a shout out to uh, to Doug Jones if you're listening. You're likely not. Thank you for the love and uh, for for shedding some shining some light on our, our awesome podcast. Yeah, and of course, uh, as our new Hocus Pocus family knows, you can <laughs> find us, the show, at The Fanboy Garage on Twitter as well. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll do a, a Hocus Pocus episode. We might, and it might have to be live, and we're going to ask Doug Jones to be on it. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, and speaking of which, and it's a little early, but we sh- and I, I know we're overdoing this plug, but I'm, we're going to say this anyways, uh, or I'm going to say this anyways. So for those of you guys in the New York area, Chris and I will be at New York Comic Con in October. We're talking about maybe doing a show live from – well, not live, but the recording uh, from the show floor. So if you're, gonna, if you're in town, if you're in the New York area, you're interested in, in, uh, in New York Comic Con and would love to meet us and check us out, please, please get your tickets if you haven't already, and um, and or link us, and, and we'll be more than happy to introduce ourselves in, in the flesh, and you guys get to meet us and talk to us, and uh, and we'll be there, you know, giving out stickers and and, making, and t-shirts you know, and t-shirts, and making sure that everyone is fully aware that we own New York Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what he said. Sure. Yeah. All, All right, right, guys. Let's get out of here. Take it easy. All right. Talk to you next time. <laughs>